Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast from day number one of Exarbon taking place right here on the Nebraska State Fairgrounds. Lots of livestock, lots of kids, lots of excitement building uh, before they hit the show ring later this afternoon. I wish we could say we had a lot more excitement when it came to the happenings of these markets. So, you know, we are seeing some positive numbers in the corn and the beans and along with the wheat complex. Just to briefly say hogs are down, cattle are up today. But it's the interesting focus of what's happening in this grain complex that we're going to look at. No surprise, a lot of technicals we're going to talk about. Uh, China and soybeans, where they're at with their crush numbers, and a lot of export concerns as well as we get ready to hit full harvest in the upper Midwest. PJ Conrad is joining us today. He is with Tradeoff. So, Kyle, let's talk about, get your thoughts on the technicals, first of all, when you look at this corn market. You know, corn's been funny. Uh, we went from a point of uh, strength to a point of weakness and back and forth here for the last, oh, call it six weeks. And, yeah, we forged some lower lows here what, early this week. And I think 469 and a quarter roughly was the low of the week and have rallied off that. But if you look from a technical momentum standpoint, we're still trying to work lower. And so that doesn't necessarily mean the price is going to go lower. But what it does mean is it's going to be harder for the market to rally. And so I think you look at that and say, okay, these trends are roughly two weeks uh, and we're riding into, you know, peak harvest time in the next two weeks as we work back towards a point of strength what you know what fundamental catalyst could we have that would give us enough oomph to kind of get over some of these recent highs and we spiked back to five oh roughly two and a half weeks ago and, and never really spent any substantial time there so anytime we feel like we get some traction right now we just can't get it going but i think you look at Harvest starting, and this is usually the doldrums of grain trade anyways, a pretty boring trade. There's not a lot of news, uh, I guess, to, to prop the market up or break it down, but it does seem like we've thrown a lot of bad news at it. And even when we've been at that point of weakness, when you think maybe we'd really roll over hard, uh, we've maintained a 470-type number. And I guess in my mind, that's supportive as we go into uh, kind of the front end of harvest here. You know, sometimes no news is good news, but unfortunately, technicals have also weighed in on what we see in the soybean side of the market. Oh, man, the, the technical spot in beans has not been great by any means. Uh, you know, we were at a kind of a point of weakness now, and you saw that really showing some of its head to peak weakness, uh, what, early there, or midweek, and then we took another 30 cents off, 20 cents off on Thursday. And we're bouncing back a little bit Friday, but it, a lot of it, Again, I go back to where we're starting harvest. It's not going in a big way. There's not a lot to talk about. There hasn't been the export demand. There's nothing to prop it up right now and say, let's let this, uh, this soybean pony run, so to speak. <laughs> and so we need the we need the news to get it going, right? Um, and as we flip back towards the point of strength, that's kind of, you want that perfect, I shouldn't say perfect. You want those to work in tandem to a certain degree of, of fundamental news to push us higher along with technical strength and get funds excited. But, you know, to be honest, uh, you get, you go through different parts of the year, and sometimes it's best just to uh, uh, not look at the markets. You want to keep your radio on and hear what's going on so you can kind of figure out, you know, where the market is. But don't be uh, super engaged in it as a producer because it's not worth beating your head against the wall. And to me, this isn't a time to go advance sales. Uh, there's opportunities to be had. But to say you need to do anything in a large way right now would not be true. So look at the basis. Um, as you talk about harvest really getting underway, some areas of Nebraska and, and others in the Midwest did receive some benef beneficial rains. 
Does that alter the basis in the next couple of days because we might not see as much harvest movement? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you're still seeing that early harvest uh, premiums out there, both on corn and soybeans. I think corn could be the one you see linger on more. You know, bean plants, you know, if you blanketly spoke in Nebraska, most bean processors are in that 15 under type range. You kind of get the northeast part of the state, Sioux City, there's some zero basis up there. Um, but by and large, that number probably doesn't change a ton. The corn number, you know, say we get the rain this weekend, if we were to catch some rains next week and you start delaying corn harvest, you're going to prop up that front end basis. I think you're just seeing it uh, kind of across everywhere. The thing is with both corn and soybean processing, the margins are good. So so there's the opportunity for them to pay some pretty stout basis and still be in good margin because they need the corn, the product to get their byproduct going. And that'll be the interesting thing. You're going to have your harvest lulls of basis. Uh, do I think it's going to be like typical years where you go back to 25, 30 under? No, I mean, you usually don't start the year off at 25 over and be 25 under by mid-harvest, especially with, you know, I know there's been some talk of some irrigated ground producing some really good yields, but your, uh, say, bonus bushels of non-irrigated aren't there, and that will help keep this basis market supported. But as you go through harvest and kind of talk about harvest plan, you got to be thinking, hey, what has to go to town? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to you know, put it on a basis contract? Am I going to sell it because I need the cash flow? Uh, you know, you could explore the deferred pricing route because that's something you feel is correct. But I lean more maybe on a basis contract, get that locked in, and uh, you're going to have, what, roughly 60 days from today to make the decision of pricing it or not and wait for that, say, point of strength to try to get it unwound then. And and if you want, if you're supportive of the market, you got to look for other ways to retain ownership. But typically, uh, staying in that basis contract or deferred pricing situation isn't a – you got to get big market moves for that to be profitable. We've had those the last few years. Uh, I've said it to clients, and I'll say it to anyone, the, the proverbial noose on the neck of this corn market is 95 million acres, and I don't know how we unwind that without uh, – you can take a pretty big yield drop and still have a lot of a lot of corn, according to the USDA. And so I think when you factor that in, you really got to be thinking what what horse is going to take us higher. And uh, you look at the soybean and wheat market, and those are ones that maybe have better uh, fundamentals to say. Folks, we've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the channel final bell. We'll talk a little seed side, talk about exports. It's an interesting story to tell just in that front. More is coming up. It's the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRBN. Welcome back to the channel final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad. Of course, PJ is with Trade Us and kind of talking a little bit about what's happening um, from a perspective of basis, et cetera. As harvest is underway, I'm hearing a lot of talk about seed size concerns. And from an elevator perspective and from a selling perspective, there might be some issues coming our way. 
Yeah, I have served some of that as well, just maybe lower test weight, smaller kernels. And those are all going to factor in. I think that's going to be the interesting story that gets told uh, as we go throughout the next 30 days is what is this crop actually and what's its quality? Uh, you know, every every year brings a different uh, potential problem or really good uh, crop in terms of quality. And I would agree. I think you talk some of that late heat we had, some of those you know, mid-early August and, and late August, early September did not – we don't know to what degree that hurt the crop, but what we do know is it didn't help it any, right? And so that's so variable year to year. And I think you start talking just across the Midwest, kind of through our client base. And, you know, I think a few of the buzzwords would be, uh, you know, it's variable. Uh, one field to the next, one hybrid to the next, what actually happened. And then also, you also say, well, some of this is good for the year we had. And that's all relative to, you know, what, what kind of year are you expecting? And it might be good for what you were expecting. Is that at APH? Is that below APH? Um, I think anywhere in that APH range feels good after how dry it was. That would be for the elevators to try to manage and try to, you know, if you're putting it in the grain bin, knowing what you're putting in and knowing what your quality is will be important, especially if we do have a big widespread problem of, say, low test weight. You know, some of that might be, worth a little bit more for blending purposes and trying to get meet certain train specs, assuming the uh, export demand picks up and, and we feel better about, about it than what we do today. All right, you're talking exports. What do you see as some of the biggest concerns we're going to be dealing with in the next couple of weeks? You know, it's crazy. Uh, we're just behind corn and soybeans, behind where we usually are for this time of year. And I think there's a few different schools of thought to that. You talk bigger picture, is it because they don't need it? <clears throat> the export market's been fulfilled with South American crop. I mean, they need it, but they don't need it as big a way as what they would in typical years. I think that's a viewpoint. Uh, you definitely shoot holes in. There's the other viewpoint. Uh, if you're a foreign country and you're looking at the USDA balance sheet, you say it's 95 million acres, and yeah, they dropped yield to what, 173 and a half. Are you not going to wait until you have a better handle on what we actually raise before you go out and purchase a bunch? And I think that's a probably pretty fair thought process to say, uh, just flip to a buying standpoint mentally, and would you not wait to see if lower lows don't get forged before you step in and buy it? Um, I do know, just talking to other people in the grain trade industry, China's going to have to step in and buy quite a few um, what vessels at a time and you start talking, they usually buy in big ways, right? When they buy, they buy in big ways. And so I think that's something that's going to come on. It's a matter of, of when, not if necessarily. And then you start talking the bean complex with where our carryout is. We really can't afford uh, a hiccup there to yield. And if we do, we start talking some very, very tight carryout situations, which at some point we have to then try to ration the bean crop with price. And so that's where I think you get it to pull corn along. Corn doesn't have a bullish story to be told yet, but beans definitely do. And so I think you, when you talk export, that's something to really keep your eye on. And as you look down the road, um, there's a lot of other interesting things. You, know, you talk wheat, you have an Australian drought that's happening, I think cutting their crop in half from, what, 30 million metric tons to 15. South America's no, you know, in a drought and also looking at the next two weeks of being dry. You're looking at a month before they're shorter than a month before they really want to get the planters rolling. So are they going to get rain pre their peak uh, planting season? That's something to keep an eye on. 
will, will if it stays dry, will foreign countries uh, turn to us to try to fulfill their needs and hedge their bets against a smaller South American crop? That would seem to make sense to me. Um, you know, the other interesting thing that I think is kind of, I don't know if it's flown under the radar necessarily, but there's been a lot of talk in the last year and a half, almost two years now, about the Black Sea region and Ukrainian grain and, and how is it hitting the market. And to this point, although not cost effective, they have moved a lot through the European countries and mainly Poland, right? And this week, I think what they've done, though, is also with doing that, have put the Poland farmer in a very bad spot, right? It'd be like if we were importing a bunch of grain from Canada and Mexico, sedating our current markets and sedating our export markets. And that's what they've done. So then, in effect, you are making the the Poland farmer, you know, their price being lower because they have more grain. Well, lots of great stuff today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529. Uh, reach out to us on any social media platform, and it'd be at Trados LLC. And I appreciate it, and have a great day. All right. That is today's channel, Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel, Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network.